Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. With J.P. McNamara on C103. And good morning. Our line's open. 1850-333-103. Bernie and Sadie taking your calls this morning. You can always text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And ahead on the show, we have yet another warning to mind your pets as pets continue unfortunately to be stolen right across the Cork area. I mean, it started a few months ago here where we had calls from people living on the North Cork-Limerick border. Uh, then we had calls from people in the Clondrohid area and then across Mid-Cork and now it's West Cork. And we are hearing a warning this morning from the West Cork Animal Welfare Group who already have come across uh, stolen dogs and reunited them back with their owners but asking people to be vigilant. Uh, so we'll hear from them this morning on the show. Also, how Dunmanway could be left without a cycling facility for a number of months and the reason why. We also hear how so many crash and Montessori schools won't be reopening later this year as parents worry who will mind their children as many of course are returning to work and while we are in the summer holidays people are looking ahead to September when and if the schools go back and the sector is saying that already they need more help and more state help as earlier on before Covid came along there was insurance costs for Montessori and crash facilities now Uh, A lot of them are closed over the last number of months. They're feeling the effect of that uh, and they're struggling. And they said uh, they just will not be reopening. And because of that, parents now are worried, saying, well, where are we going to send our children when we have to go back to the office, even if it is returning to work for only three or two days a week? And speaking on work, we hear how people now want to work from home. Again, maybe only two or three days a week, uh, but they want to do this for a better work-life balance and indeed a shorter commute where we're going to hear and speak to a Morlock research who did uh, carry out a survey on this and we'll be speaking with our regular councillor on a Tuesday, Joe Heffernan. And something that many people admitted to during lockdown was they drank more. Uh, well, seemingly, uh, Joe is discussing, though, uh, on the aspect of drink, do you use alcohol to de-stress? We'll be speaking about that with Joe later in the programme after 12.30. So that's a more 
to come 1850-333-103 lines open text or whatsapp 0862-103-103 but something we've been discussing over the last number of weeks and yesterday as well on the show and this is uh, how we have heard reports of American tourists who have arrived in a number of areas of Kerry and West Cork people who run B&Bs and uh, hotels in Kerry and Clare have openly said this Uh, we've had callers who have visited those areas have said that they heard and spoke to people who have travelled from the north down to the Republic and have visited those areas I've mentioned. There's a question then over people who are flying in from the States coming into Dublin Airport over the weekend. More flights there tomorrow as well from various parts of the States. And many are questioning if all those are quarantining when they get into this particular country because many of the callers that to us who've met those tourists are saying uh, the tourists are unaware of these rules, some of them say, and are not sure of what exactly is to happen when you arrive into Ireland. And others are aware but are saying we're using the back door route and we're coming from the north down. So we have heard of many uh, tourist destinations and businesses who have said now that if you haven't quarantined, if you have come into the country and not quarantined for 14 days, uh, they're asking them in a nice way uh, to basically stay away from their premises on safety grounds. Uh, one business and a few more businesses here in Cork now are doing that. One of them is the Blue Haven in Kinsale and Kieran Fitzgerald joins me from the Blue Haven in Kinsale. Good morning to you, Kieran. Good morning, JP. How are you? I'm fine, thanks, and thanks for joining me this morning. I mean, we have seen okay. this in businesses in Kerry and Clare coming out with this warning only yesterday and over the weekend to tourists as well. And it's similar to what you have said is unless you have quarantine for 14 days, basically do not enter their premises. I mean, was that a hard decision to make? Not by the means of health and safety, but you would rely on foreign tourists a lot over the last number of years. And you don't want to give the impression you don't want them, but still you have to think of the local area and your staff there as well? Yeah, certainly. I, th- I think how we communicate this is, is very important. I mean, um, we welcome guests from all over the world, you know, every year and, and I want to do so again. Um, but right now, I suppose, it's just about kind of following the guidelines and, and protecting. So we have, a, we have a duty of care, firstly, to our employees and our business and we have a duty of care to our other customers and, you know, we're promoting this whole home holiday market or false Ireland are spending a lot of money and that can say that's got to go a comeback campaign and I just think that we could undo a lot of that and you know that the priority for people at the moment is that you know all the consumer sentiments are saying that safety is their number one priority when they travel and I never thought I'd say this before but the biggest compliment we've got on our business since we've opened two weeks ago is that people feel safe they feel safe when they come in their door we've put a lot of work into our procedures and our protocols our staff feel safe and I think you know, at the moment, everyone is the duty of care and it's about personal responsibility. And we're, we're not asking people and we're not, you know, we're not being rude to people by saying, you know, we're just asking that you follow the guidelines out of respect. It's like, you know, asking people not to drink and drive. It's a danger to other people if you've come from an affected area. And I suppose the fallout from that could be far more catastrophic if we don't do and take the right measures right now. I mean, the last thing we want to do is go back into a second lockdown. The last thing we want is business is to have a situation where there is a case in our business and that could be fairly detrimental. So we're just taking the measure now in a gentle way. We're just communicating it politely to say, look, if you haven't quarantined, unfortunately, you can't enter the premises. If you have quarantined and you, you've you've gone through the right procedures, it doesn't matter what country in the world you're from, if you're Irish, American or English, you are welcome once you've quarantined. Yeah, and have you noticed there in Kinsale and even in, in your own establishments of many visitors outside of Ireland arriving in over the last number of days? No, we haven't. I suppose we've been 
lucky from that point of view in that um, where we saw this occur and where you where you highlighted at the start of the show was we were watching it um, unfold in Killarney. I think there was a lot of reports last week that there was American tourists in Killarney. And, you know, normally that would be a good news story. Uh, it's actually bizarre that we, we had to address it in one of our management meetings. So last week we discussed it and we said, look, you know, it is going to happen. It is going to be a situation that's going to be presented to us within the next couple of weeks. Let's prepare for it now. Let's agree a policy that's not going to put us on the back foot when the situation arrives. So we discussed it last week. A number of other businesses have done the same thing in Kinsale. Um, the Harbour Cruise and I know the Bullman Barn and Restaurant has done the same thing. And it's just put up a polite notice to say, like, out of, you know, out of respect to our, our customers, out of respect to our staff, if you haven't quarantined, just to respect our business and respect our policy on it. And I presume locals are welcoming this, along with many Irish people who are staycating and maybe coming to Kinsale. I mean, are you seeing an increase in those across Ireland who are choosing to staycate and are using and calling to the places like Blue Haven and others you mentioned there? Yeah, we've seen, um, since we've opened our doors, the support has been great, um, in particular initially from the local market that uh, haven't been able to come in for the last number of months. We've got huge support. The retailers are saying the same thing. They're being very, very well supported locally, um, which is refreshing to see. And then in the last week since the, the county, um, um, the lockdown that you could come outside your county was lifted, we've noticed uh, a transition of people from all over the country, you know, families enjoying Kinsale coming. And that's exactly what we want, people coming having a safe place to go to, somewhere they feel safe. And I think the risk is, and I'm seeing some things now where people are asking God, you know, we felt, we felt safe going on our trip to Kinsale or to wherever it is in the country. Do we now have to look at cancelling that? And I mean, that could be absolutely catastrophic for our industry. What we're going to rely on this year is Irish people holidaying at home, holidaying safely. Um, and um, that, that's what's going to keep our economy, our tourist economy, um, trucking over until next year until it's safe for international travel to come through. And if that is compromised in this way, um, I think it would be, it would be, you know, it would be a pity really. Yeah. Now, I would say one thing, I, I think from, from listening to the reports, the numbers that are coming through are, are quite small. So I don't think it's a cause for huge alarm. I think if, if people are coming in and doing the right thing and quarantining and the numbers that are coming through are small, then the risk levels are low. But it's just, it's, I suppose, look, it's just protecting ourselves. Everyone's taken a lot of sacrifices. Everyone, you know, stayed at home, done all the right things. It would be a shame now for us to, to I suppose, make the mistake now and blow it and end up back at square one again. Yeah, and you don't want a certain area, not only here in Cork, but across Ireland, becoming known for a breach in those rules. And then that could affect tourism in the long run. That's what you don't want, especially for areas like Kinsale and others here in Cork. Absolutely. That's, you know, tourism is the lifeblood of, of our industry here in Kinsale. It's, it's the biggest employer. Um, it's what the town has been built on. So, I mean, we need to protect that and we need to protect it so that we can welcome international guests when it's right and safe to do so. And, and hopefully that's not going to be too far away. It's certainly not going to be this year. But for, for right now, we're happy to welcome people living in Ireland, you know, holidaying in Ireland and, and enjoying what we have on our doorstep. And I see there, and you mentioned that about Kinsale and get everything getting back to action with regards to businesses and shops and etc. How is all that going? How is business going in general for you guys and indeed across Kinsale? So overall, um, I mean, it's nothing like it. It should be at this mm. time of year. We should be right at the peak mid-July. This is where we would be at, at full tilt normally. Um, but look, we're happy to be back open. Um, Kinsale, over the years, I suppose, has been has been good at, you know, rallying everyone around. We put together a, a comeback campaign, which we worked on all through the lockdown, so that when we were 
uh, reopening in the different phases that we were ready to do so. You know, that that's being funded by various stakeholders and businesses putting their shoulder to the wheel. We set up a GoFundMe. We've we've a whole campaign ready and it actually was launched yesterday, a national uh, digital and, and marketing campaign to get people to holiday in Ireland with with the underlying, you know, ethos of that it's it's a safe place to come to. We we brought on board a guy by the name of Dr. Ian North who um who's an expert in um, crisis recovery. He worked for the World Health Organization for the last six years and led the, um, the response to the Ebola outbreak. He has come on board. He's from the area, lives in Australia now, and he's advised the town on how to reopen safely, how shops and businesses can reopen. And that's been huge for us to give us the confidence to open our doors as business owners, give us the confidence that we're providing a safe environment for staff and that we can welcome our customers back. And it has worked. I mean, the last two weeks have been have been strong, um, you know, versus what we expected. You're coming from a base of zero. And it's building, obviously, the end of the summer is looking quite good. The end of July is building up and August is looking pretty good. September and October are are patchy at the moment, but they'll, they'll build up once people have confidence in, in travelling, you know. Yeah, and uh, as you say, the, the more people that support local tourism here in Cork, anyhow, and across the, the country, the, mo- the more it is going to work out for you guys. Uh, with a lot more people staycating, we just have to be careful. I mean, the signs uh, that you have on your Facebook page about people and, and respecting the quarantine, are those signs now up outside your business as well and other businesses there in Kinsale? Yeah, so we um, put them up outside each of the doors of our premises, just uh, and as I say, it's, it's, a, it's a gentle message, not a... You know, mm. not an abrupt turn. We're not trying to offend everyone. We're not anyone. We're not trying to insult anyone. I mean, we're out trying to bring in that type of business every year, and we welcome it with open arms. We just want to do it safely. We want to do it respectfully. So we do have signs, and a number of other businesses have have followed suit. And, and again, just done in a respectful manner, just to suppose that there's a mutual respect factor there, and, and not a not a sensationalized type situation where we're saying, you know, no to no to business or, or no to people coming in our door. We're just welcoming people that that have followed the guidelines, which is just a simple ask and, and for people to just take just personal responsibility. Totally. Okay, well for the moment, Kieran, best of luck to you guys there and everybody at the Blue Haven and all in Kinsale and uh, let's hope that everybody is going to be safe across the summer months and thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, JP. Thanks, Kieran Fitzgerald is there uh, joining us from the Blue Haven in Kinsale on what they have done and indeed other businesses in Kinsale just putting a warning up on their doors and on their social media to say if you have come from another country outside of Ireland and you have not completed the 14 days of self-quarantine then do not enter their premises. Your views are welcome on that. 1850-333-103. Dallin Mogili says yes, I think they are right at Kinsale to do this and in other locations considering and what the Irish people have done over the last number of months so many people have not still left their homes those with underlying conditions remain cocooning and that must be remembered I know a number of my friends who only go out for the bare minimum and then go home again so we cannot get make or bring in the virus to make situations worse for those people and Dan goes on to say and he talks about the flights arriving in tomorrow to Dublin airport and you're right Dan I just checked it there and there is flights scheduled anyhow I presume they are arriving but according to Dublin airport's website scheduled to arrive from New York Boston Chicago and Newark and on that Maeve is saying uh, is that that 
right? Is that correct? Uh, why are, if the government are coming out saying that there is nobody on these flights or there's a low uh, risk from people on these flights or the flights are barely empty, well, how come there's so many flying in? Surely there can't be just 15 to 16 people on each flight, says Maeve. And Aline in Charnival is saying, we can't fly into the States, but they can come here. How is that fair? Asks Eileen in Charnival on 1850-333-103. On WhatsApp, a person here says, we went to Clarny for our staycation after losing our holiday. We booked pre-COVID and our flights are still scheduled to go ahead. So probably losing a lot of money because the government won't stop flights. But I will not be going anywhere else because we didn't feel very safe when we went along. The area was packed, the place was packed and we did not feel safe, says that particular texter. And on that and on people not feeling safe, I know for those coming into the country uh, and for tourists who are coming in and don't actually isolate, uh, one of the leading uh, people in health in this country, Professor Sam McConkie of the Royal College of Surgeons, he has said uh, that there should be jails uh, because they could lead to spreading the infectious disease and he said they should be looking at three months in Mountjoy. Would you agree with him? 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. 1850-333-103. Our lines are open. Sadie and Bernie taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Or indeed, you can email across the morning jp at c103.ie. Tweet us as well at c103 Cork. And on people who are coming into the country and not self-isolating for 14 days, which is proving a worry, especially in tourist areas areas, a person texting in here saying people that are arriving to their holiday homes uh, they take off two or three times a day for a run Uh, they have come in from outside Ireland so what does self-isolation really mean? Well they shouldn't be doing that uh, because self-isolation is self-explanatory, you need to stay away from everybody and stay inside, Uh, so that should not be the case. Anyhow, thank you for your text, more coming in on people that are coming into this country and not self-isolating and it's infuriating those who have spent the last number of months obeying the rules staying inside and now they see this happening and us here in Ireland being told well we cannot leave Ireland to go elsewhere only for essential travel and I'll get back to those calls and comments shortly Uh, but before we move on Eamon and Cove has been on to say good morning John Paul can I just alert your listeners to a fake call I got this morning to my mobile claiming to be from the Irish Revenue the call flashed up as coming from Waterford but if you could warn your listeners to be on guard uh, says Eamon and Cove and thank you Eamon and a reminder those calls are back again they were doing the rounds uh, earlier on this year claiming to be from Revenue they're scam calls and they come up with an 051 number now some of those can be computer generated generated numbers and because of that you know some not all but some mobile phones uh, when you get a call they will say the prefix is from a certain area so it will say 021 Cork and obviously 051 Waterford and that's why some people are getting caught it flashes up on the mobile like Eamon said saying a Waterford call but it's not Uh, so be careful of those particular uh, calls coming in claiming to be revenue claiming to be from a Waterford number uh, but they're not they're scam calls 1850-333-103 lines open and on the way We'll be hearing how pets continue to be stolen right across various areas of Cork and the links now that people are going to to steal pets. We're going to hear from an animal welfare group who are asking people to be vigilant next. C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103. Now we've had so many calls about missing dogs over the past few weeks and we have dealt with dogs stolen on the North Cork-Limerick border in the past month. Uh, But we've had an issue that has been moving across the county 
regarding stolen dogs. It went from the North Cork Limerick border to Mid Cork and now uh, further west. Tori Joyce of the West Cork Animal Welfare Group joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Tori. Good morning, John Paul, and thank you very much for having us on and highlighting this issue. Well, thank you for joining us because this is something we have noticed happening over the last few months, initially during lockdown, which surprised a lot of people as people were not out and about on the move, uh, but certain people were and they were watching their pets. What are you hearing there? Well, John Paul, um, I think during lockdown, a lot of people were at home and there was a massive demand for dogs, even at the rescue we were getting maybe 20 to 30 calls a day, people wanting to adopt, wanting dogs. And obviously, we followed all the HSE guidelines and rules, and we were closed. So therefore, people moved to, um, you know, to, to puppy farmers and backyard breeders or any websites advertising these dogs. And I don't know if you noticed, John Paul, but even crossbreeds, mixed breed dogs going for a thousand euros yeah, we've spotted that on adverts. Huge amounts of money that people have been asked to pay over. Yes, because you see, people are at home, the kids are at home, and unfortunately now some, some homes are very, very good homes, but I think a lot of people thought they'd get a, a dog or a cat or whatever for the kids. So come the autumn now, we're going to have the opposite problem because, um, I mean, Ali Rickson, who helps West Cork Animals, she did a piece for the Southern Star, and she came up with the phrase, dogs are not just for lockdown. So I think it's going to be a Christmas scenario all over again. So we have definitely noticed a high a high trend of dogs, a pandemic almost, of dogs going missing. And we've had two cases in Skibbereen that we've actually dealt with. One turned up in County Clare the next day, luckily was just dumped in a boreen, and the second dog was recovered in Cork. So they're being moved very quickly out of the county or to cities, being, being sold on for huge amounts of money. People are not asking any questions, so we're begging people, do not buy a dog that you do not know where it's coming from, you don't know um, the background, and don't just hand cash over to someone because you are a part of the problem. And the one you mentioned there regarding the dog found in County Clare, mm-hmm. because I know there is uh, dogs mm-hmm. turning up when they're stolen in Cork, they're turning up all over various parts of the country, but the County Clare one, uh, and others this has happened to, if the yes. dog, then they find out the dog is neutered, obviously the for breeding yes. purposes, the dog to them is no good. Yes. And is it true that dogs which they find out are neutered then are just left wandering around country roads or streets in well, other towns across the country, for example, in yes. Clare or Galloway or wherever? Yes, well, we found that this little dog, small breed dog, she was neutered, and when we posted her and she went viral, it was advertised as being neutered. So they're being stolen for different reasons, John Paul. John Paul wants to sell for quick, one to sell for quick bucks, two to breed, three for other nefarious um, activities like dog fighting, etc. And um, also, John Paul, they're being moved out of the country. So what we're saying is, if anybody sees people with with dogs, transferring them from vans, cars, um, all registered um, dog transporters, they will have on the on the side of the dog that they're transporting dogs. But if they, they're on a ferry, they hear dogs crying, they're being hidden in cars, vans. Now, they, the, the authorities are, are finding dogs at the ports, thank goodness, because during COVID-19, they're probably doing more checks. So you'll probably see the DSPCA, etc. in Dublin have picked up an awful lot of dogs. Um, and they're begging, begging for people to, um, to to get in touch to see if their dog's missing, just to check. As we have that terrible case in Wexford, there's still seven Springer pa- Spaniel pups missing that were stolen in Wexford. Daisy was recovered, 
Um, social media is a huge help, John Paul, because they are going viral. And if the dog is very hot, um, it will be dumped. Daisy was dumped, unfortunately. I don't know if you follow the story, but her neck was cut. I was going to ask you about that actually because as we encourage everybody to microchip this is the yes. incident that came out uh, from the yes. SPCA yesterday wasn't it yes. whereby they, they actually yes. cut her, her was it her neck or shoulder or some area of her body the, neck, the back of the neck, back where, of the where, neck. where the dog is chipped and took so out the chip they have a scanner yeah took out the chip and she uh, which is horrific and barbaric and I really hope the people are um, caught but we're just begging people to keep their dogs indoors when they're outside be outside with your dog. You don't leave an iPhone. You don't leave a laptop. You don't leave a child unattended. Um, dogs now are very valuable, like all property. I mean, this goes for, and I don't want to <laughs> want to describe a dog as property, but um, because they're like part of the family. But just just keep an eye on your dog. Don't. And when, even we've had reports that people have been walking dogs, and cars have stopped and tried to grab dogs. So always keep a dog on a lead. Don't let them out on the road. Keep microchip your dog, neuter your dog, and an ID tag. Um, also report to the guard, guardie. And also I'll beg people not, not to, obviously post their dog on social media, get in touch with the guards, put up posters. But when they see anything suspicious, I've been in touch with these skibbering guards, please call in the report because posting anything on social media, white bands, whatever, whatever, it's, a lot of this has not been reported to the guard and they cannot help unless there's proper reports put in. Exactly. And you just mentioning mm-hmm. there the, the case from Minnescorthy, the yes. the scan the, the, the guys who were taking the dogs had a scanner. Is that quite common that these guys would have scanners oh, yes. so they can scan the microchip? Yes, yes. But a lot and of And where do they get the are they easy enough to get these particular scanners or Yes, I'm sure you can I'm sure they can be got anywhere. What? I'm sure because they have to you know indicate now that would be rare enough for anyone to do that. But Daisy, Daisy was, um, social media is wonderful and it's a huge tool for finding a dog. And if a dog is hot and, and is really being shared everywhere, they can't sell this dog because someone is going to see it, someone's going to report it and it's going to trace back to them. So she was just dumped in, in Dublin and luckily picked up and luckily got the vet treatment she needed. But that poor dog is traumatised now. She'll never... She'll never be right again after that. Horrific. Of course, of course she won't, yeah. And, and as you so, say, the pictures on social media will highlight that and it's really the pictures uh, that, that, that will sell or be able to find the particular dog. Before I let you go, Tori, something else that yes. has been raised over the last mm-hmm. while and mm-hmm. this has come from the Dogs Trust organisation but it's where people are, are buying dogs and they're being told basically because the demand is there, they're being told the dog might be a three-month-old puppy and they're paying over a thousand euros when yes. in fact then they've realised when they go to a vet or elsewhere that the dog could be two or three years old. And in one instance in Dublin, the dog had an extremely fearful behaviour and had a lot of difficulties and they had to actually give the dog back to Dogs Trust in this case. Uh, And and they're now uh, minding that particular animal. Uh, And just to be aware, if you are buying dogs from wherever, you know, unless it's from an an actual official uh, place, this could end up happening to anybody. A registered breeder where you can see the parents, etc. And also, John Paul, it goes the other end too. People are buying um, what they think is a 10, 12-week-old pup. In fact, it's four to five weeks old. Pups have died of parvovirus. There's no vaccines. I mean, just to compare it from West Cork Animal Welfare Group, to just use us as, as an example, but other rescues are saying, for 150 euro adoption fee, you will get a, a, a dog or a pup which is double vaccinated, which is chipped, and which is neutered, or the pups go with a neutering voucher. You have 100% rescue backup and advice, and we carry out home checks, etc., etc., and 
also we will know the history if a dog is two or three years old. And if there are problems, the dog will come back to us or, or advice given as necessary. But we're begging people not just to buy dogs, dogs or buy pups for kids during COVID because once you go back to work, once school, we're back to school, the dogs start going into their teenage years, um, teenage months, it'll, it'll probably be given to a rescue centre or rehomed. So we do expect an avalanche of pups and dogs come the autumn, winter. Yeah, later in the year when, when, as you say, people are going back to work and school for the moment. Tori, thank you yes. for joining us on that. It's thank a word you. of warning for so many people out there who have pets. Uh, that is Tori Joyce joining us from the West Cork Animal Welfare Group and a situation that started during lockdown. We had so many calls from areas around Charleville, Jemina, Newcastle West, Drumcolourher, from people who were in that situation. Then it moved in various parts of the county. Now we're hearing it from the West and it's across Munster as you're hearing there. Uh, right across the country at this stage they're, they're everywhere so just be careful if you have your pet and as Tori said you, you know you wouldn't leave your child out in the garden and at the moment the way things are going it's not safe to leave your dog out on his own either it would seem anyhow and I know people do like to give their pets freedom but just to be careful to keep a watch on them because that is happening wholesale and we're getting more and more reports of it here of missing dogs and in the end you will hear the outcome of it and it's usually that type of an outcome uh, 1850 333 lines open you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 now we're all being encouraged to go and recycle everything and a lot of campaigns at the moment about recycling but we're going to hear how one Cork town even though we're being encouraged to recycle could be left without a recycling centre but is it because of what was being done and carried out at that particular recycling centre over the last few months anyhow we'll hear about that next You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed Cork today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Now, we had a good few calls into the return of the recycling and when will the return of the recycling centre in Dunmanway take place as other areas had recycling centres opened and Dunmanway had not. Now, we did have statements on this and they basically said that things would work out in the next few months. Are there people were looking into this? But seemingly at the moment, uh, there's been no change on this. Well, uh, Councillor Declan Hurley from Dunmanway joins me on this. Good morning to you, Declan. Good morning, John Paul. Now, we've got so many calls about this particular facility. Uh, people are looking at other areas of the county. You know, they're hearing in North Cork and Mid Cork that the recycling centres are operating as normal and being encouraged to go and recycle. But yet, they feel in your area that they can't. Uh, first of all, just explain about this because this facility is operated by a private operator on behalf of the council, isn't it? Well, the actual, the bring site in Dunmanway is a Cork County Council bring site, but then the actual service as, as regards to taking away the recyclables, the bottles, the can, the plastic, the paper, that's done by a private contractor who's hired by Cork County Council to do that. There's a, there's a contract in place. Um, and I suppose just to recap on where we were the last time we spoke a month ago, um, when the lockdown kicked, kicked in, all the civic community sites across the county closed under the, the restrictions and the health and safety and then they gradually started to reopen again as the restrictions were being lifted but unfortunately Dunmanway did partially reopen in the sense of um, recycling glass and can but the paper, plastic and cardboard service was not returned because the service provider um, had ceased or withdrawn the service because there was he estimated um, and the report we got at the time when we requested one was 15% uh, contamination of the recycling 
And in that report, the examples given were uh, dirty nappies, uh, bags of ashes, domestic waste, vegetable peelings, etc. Um, so at the time, we had again made numerous calls to Cork County Council to reinstate the service um, and to put whatever necessary measures were needed to do that. And we were waiting and hoping because we raised it at our municipal district level, we raised it at our Western Division level uh, with the anticipation that um, hopefully by July or August at the latest, we would have the service up and running. But lo and behold, unfortunately, at our last um, meeting, our last this actually July um, municipal district meeting, uh, we were told that um, the service isn't going to be um, forthcoming in the short term because the contract is going to be uh, retendered, which could take a number of months. And so you can understand, Declan, why the private company had decided this because if people are misusing the recycling centre, you know, it's not up to them to go sorting things out if, if it is supposed to be for recycling and people are dumping household rubbish. Absolutely, because it incurs more more work on that company and more cost as well too because obviously whatever is contaminated cannot be recycled and it has to go in, unfortunately, it has to go into landfill. So I can understand fully uh, from the service provider's point of view why he would show the service. My call and, and other councillors as well is that we were asking Cork County Council to put in the necessary measures to prevent this from happening. It is an unsupervised um, site and, and we depend on the general public to use this with their discretion and to obey the how that recycling is carried out. Um, the only way I see that this can be rectified is for it to be supervised and we, we did ask Cork County Council to see if we could put that measure in place but um, they failed to do that um, and now they've come back saying that they're going to retender because um, they feel that there's other service providers out there that will provide the service but Will they provide a service if there's misuse? I mean, I presume when you say supervise, you're asking and talking about CCTV. Well, there is CCTV in in the site. Um, it, it needs to be upgraded, but the problem being, it, if the site isn't being supervised from nine to five, uh, you, if, 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 if this reoccurs, it means coming back in and going through um, cameras and taking hours of... If you need somebody physically there on hmm. site as the other sites around the county, you have personnel on the ground assisting with people coming in with their recycling and observing what's going on at the same time. This isn't the case with the Manway, and this was um, the reason it was put in place was it was unsupervised. We knew that, but now, unfortunately, um, people are misusing it, and we are in the situation we are because there is that percentage of contamination taking place. Um, as I say, it's all very well to go and retender this and get a new service provider, but if the same thing happens again, if we see the same level of con- contamination, that service provider will withdraw the service and we're back to square one again. So retendering this uh, contract to bring back the service, in my view, is is just being short-sightedness. Uh, the necessary measures aren't being put in place by Cork County Council. Because if you retender, you, I presume it has to go through different motions and stages and you could be left without a recycling centre there so for a number of months. And that's not to say then when it does reopen that the new person, the new contractor, may be in a situation dealing with what the old uh, contractor was dealing with with household rubbish and they could pull uh, the service too. Exactly. And that's what it boils down to. I, I've, I presume that the retendering process will take two, uh, if not three months, um, and then the service has to be contract signed. So you're looking at maybe the earliest could be October, November, or perhaps, perhaps in the year before this kicks off. So it's 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 too long for people to be waiting for the service. Um, it's too much to be asking people from the Manway and the general in- hinterland there to be driving to Clonakilty or to Bantry or to Bandon with their recyclables when they can, when they should be able to do this in Dunmanway, it just means putting somebody into the centre and have it supervised um, 
maybe not nine to five, but certainly at different times of the day, just to see if this could be um, ironed out. But uh, I do know that in the short term, and, and thankfully a local uh, businessman has offered um, to take the, plastic, the paper and cardboard recycled for people that in the general demandway area on a Saturday and Sunday and there's a local supermarket who's offered to take um, the cardboard and no, not big truckloads of it but maybe a shopping trolley of um, recycled paper and cardboard in the short term until it is sorted out so that is um, a little caveat in the short term just to take the pressure off people And who is that out of interest? Um, look, it's, it's Sam Scala. Oh yeah, they do great work there, yeah. Yeah, he's doing great work in town and he he, um, he has offered a service to the public. So again, I'd ask people maybe if they are under pressure to get their um, cardboard and paper recycled to go along um, to Sam Scala on a Saturday and a, or on a Sunday and just put their uh, clean paper and cardboard into a shopping trolley. Um, it'll be taken away and recycled properly. But in the meantime, from a council point of view, there's nothing really in the interim and people will have to, outside of that service, will have to travel to Bantry or, or Clonakilty or Bandon if they want to avail of that. There, there's no way around this for the moment. Unfortunately not, uh, JP. I hope that I'll be coming back at this stage with uh, a positive report saying that, look, the service is going to be re- reinstated on such a date. That's not the case. Uh, we're being left hanging in limbo, uh, waiting for a, a retendering process to take place, which will take months. Uh, and as I say, if we are successful in getting uh, a new service provider, we still have the problem and uh, the risk uh, that this contamination could take place again and that service provider uh, withdrawing the service again. So um, th- there is no certainty going forward in this, but certainly I want to assure people that um, we, we are, as, as elected members of West Cork, trying to um, reinstate the service as best we can, but at the moment the powers that be are not listening to our pleas or they're not putting the, the necessary measures in place. And would you like to see, like what McCroom have at the Civic Community site and Bandon, would you like something like that full-time into Manway? I know there's a cost issue there, um, but like a bigger, I, a bigger facility. That's what we have in, in Manway is a very smaller version of what other towns have in certain years. We, I would love to see um, a centre such as uh, Connacilty or Bandon or Skibreen has advanced over the years. They had a bring site and uh, don't uh, rep- representation from local councillors. Uh, they got their service um, in, increased and I would like to see. And the facility, the space is there because where the civic community site is situated, the Manway, it's on the front of a council-owned um, uh, yard, service yard. So there is scope there to move it back and to make it bigger. So, yes, it's something I'd be lobbying for in the future. Um, it is going to obviously cost more money and we'd have to budget for that and that's a longer um, process but in the short term uh, all we can hope to is to get back what we had and to maintain that but I, I would like to see um, Demandway uh, have a civic community site at the moment it just has a bring site Okay, and I know areas uh, such as Fromoy and Mitchellstown are looking for the same, so maybe it's something uh, as a county as a whole uh, the council could look at. For the moment, Declan, we'll see what happens over the next few months. Thanks for joining us with that update this morning. That is Councillor Declan Hurley there on the issue of recycling and a recycling centre at this stage for Dunmanway. 1850-333-103, lines open, and you can text or WhatsApp 86 103 our lines are open, 1850-333-103, or you can text or WhatsApp 86 103103 email across the morning jp at c103.ie and we spoke with the Blue Haven in Kinsale earlier and like so many others in the Kinsale area and indeed in other tourist locations it would seem now across the south anyhow and here in Munster is that they have put up signs and basically uh, kindly asking individuals or groups who are visiting from outside Ireland and have not complied with the 14 day uh, self-quarantine rule that they do not enter their premises on 
until they do apply and do that particular quarantine themselves uh, so that they don't put anybody in the particular hotel or B&B and indeed their staff or the entire community at risk. Well, on that, a lot of calls and comments coming in regarding that particular situation. First of all, George in the city says anybody who is booking into the hotel from a foreign country is not self-isolating for 14 days because most holidays only last 14 days. Everybody knows this, especially the hotels, the travel agencies and indeed the government uh, says George while on WhatsApp a person here is saying that I'm listening to your show and like many people in Cork I am doing my best to take care of myself and others I'm at a loss to understand why visitors aren't asked to carry a card or similar to confirm their status for completing quarantine it would help everyone and by the way, Canada has borders closed to the USA, says that particular person on WhatsApp. And a person here who says, I think a huge fine will be better than uh, jailing someone. Uh, this was an idea that was, um, it was actually in the front page of the Daily Mail. And it's basically coming from Professor Sam McConkie of the Royal College of Sh- Surgeons. And he's basically saying tourists who don't isolate should be jailed. And he said they should be looking at three months in Mount Joy. But this particular texter, is saying a huge fine would be better as they might like the holiday uh, in our jail experience uh, says this particular person on WhatsApp. Also on WhatsApp a person here saying uh, no name on this one but it says the gov- this government is as bad as the last one saying there's not so many coming into Ireland from the USA but this texter says it only takes one to spread the virus. That's like saying we won't go after bank robbers because there is not too many robbing banks, says that particular person. While Roger says, I have been holidaying in Cork since last week. I've been staying in Kinsale and in Skull. Now he says Kinsale was fine, but Skull on Friday night and on Saturday night at the pier in Skull, Roger, according to Roger, there were a lot of all-night parties with about 50 young people drinking until 5am. Lots of English accents along with locals and no social distancing, uh, says Roger on WhatsApp to 0862103103. While Ellen saying, I could not see my daughter for six months. I didn't leave the house. I couldn't go on a holiday. But yet foreigners are allowed to come in to this country and laugh and joke about travel. Uh, This is just an absolute joke. Again, a lot of people asking how come uh, those from the US can fly in here, but yet we cannot fly into the US. And Nancy on staycations uh, says when she hears all the hotels and B&Bs and putting up signs and warnings, but yet welcoming people from Ireland to staycation this year. And Nancy asking, why didn't the Irish businesses think of us all through the years when they upped their prices and we had to go to the likes of Spain to be able to afford a holiday uh, feels Nancy on 1850-333-103 well on that and travelling uh, to exotic, lo- exotic locations uh, such as Malaysia has led to people picking up COVID-19 and testing positive for the virus after returning home here to Ireland. Uh, seemingly since June, uh, people who have travelled to Afghanistan, Bangladesh, France, Germany, India, Iraq, Malaysia, Pakistan, Portugal, Qatar, Sudan, Sweden, 
the, the United Emirates, um, the United Arab Emirates, the UK, the Ukraine, and even the States, uh, just before the lockdown or before the changes of the rules there in the States meant we couldn't travel there. But seemingly, these people uh, that travelled there, and I presume they travelled for essential reasons, uh, they have come back, though, to this country with the virus. And that's according to the acting chief medical officer, Dr. Ronan Glynn. He revealed that yesterday is the extent of the global reach of the virus and its impact here is leading to clusters of infection in some instances. And he said it exposes how an infection can be contracted in a far-flung location, but then cannot be spread in a family or indeed in a local community in Ireland or from someone going to one of those locations where people have returned from. This is only since June, by the way, people have gone to these locations I've mentioned there since June coming back with the virus and could be spreading it in local communities it could explain how we have clusters of the infection in some cases in some areas of our country that was yesterday mentioned um, at the particular press briefing yesterday evening there and a lot of people asking about face coverings and because yesterday they were made compulsory on public transport in this country, so people asking, uh, should the same be done now for shops? Because there is so much confusion. Should I wear a face covering? Should I not? People parking outside a shop, realising no one is wearing a face covering going in, then they don't wear one because they don't want to look like the odd one out. And that's what the majority of calls we got yesterday on that. Uh, well, in the front of the London Times, uh, they are saying this morning that the face coverings in the UK, well, in England anyhow, and shops in England, uh, they're to become compulsory. And the government there is expected to confirm the change in a policy later today and it will come into effect from July 24th and the police in, in England anyhow will be able to find those who don't comply uh, with the particular ruling of up to £100 sterling. Uh, the move of course follows the introduction of a similar type of rule in Scotland and that that policy due to be brought into effect later today in England. So face coverings to become compulsory in shops in England. We did ask that yesterday. We had a caller, Siobhan, who was asking uh, people's advice and people's uh, thinking of if the same should happen here. And I must say the majority of people said, look, at this stage, it would be easier because if we all have to wear a mask, no one has any objection, it would seem, from for wearing a mask. A few people have for different reasons and for medical reasons you're allowed, you know, it, it's, it comes under the criteria if you have a medical reason and that you don't have to wear a mask. But the majority of people have said they have no issue. It's just that they go into a supermarket and they just feel like they're the only one inside there with a mask on. There could be only three or four other people and they just decide to take off the mask or, or don't go in with a mask because they're more embarrassed wearing one than not because no one else is. Uh, so maybe having a compulsory uh, in shops would make people's minds up. Um, that was Siobhan asking that yesterday. I know we had a call last week from a lady uh, in Banning College who said she actually was in a shopping centre she had her mask on and because no one else had one on and she felt like she was getting funny looks, she went into the toilet and took her mask off. So there you go. Uh, that's the reality of what's happening out there. Anyhow, uh, your views are welcome. 1850 And on the actual passenger locator forms that people are asking about and why are those coming into the country not uh, filling out these? And we're hearing from tourists themselves and from tourists speaking to listeners uh, that have rang us about meeting uh, tourists from America, especially. They're just confused. They don't. Some of them say they come out of the aeroplane into the terminal in Dublin airport or wherever and they just aren't too sure about these particular forms and what we're hearing also is that about 40% of people filling out the passenger locator forms after arriving into Ireland are not being contacted in some cases this is because the wrong phone numbers have been given 
And I know the Cabinet is discussing this uh, about the increasing number of tourists coming in and not self-isolating. They're discussing it today and tomorrow. Uh, but also the Foreign Affairs Minister, uh, Simon Coveney, he has said there have been problems with the system and uh, contacting people. So uh, there is an issue there with that particular scenario. On the issue of dogs, we spoke with Tory Joyce from the West Cork Animal Welfare Group. And this uh, is something we had called over the last few months from the North Cork and the Limerick border area. Then we had calls from Mid Cork around the McCroom area and now it's an issue that has moved across to West Cork uh, we've got calls now as well from the city and other areas of the county this morning and this is how dogs are being stolen from people's front gardens, backyards or wherever. It's an issue we were aware of and an issue that started really uh, during April I suppose while the majority of us were on lockdown on that. Paddy is saying can people keep an eye on their dogs? I'm a sheep farmer and they are running mad at the moment please can people be responsible for your animals says Paddy while Maura said my dog my dog was stolen back in November of 2018 now Maura said they had CCTV so they know who did it but they pleaded with them to bring the dog back but nothing she was the dog was belonged to her grandson with special needs and we think that they were trying to take our pug dog instead of the one they actually took but we can see them doing this on the CCTV camera but still no joy in getting the particular dog back and another texter here saying my garden is like Fort Knox how do dogs go missing don't people look after their pets God help anyone who would come near our home to try and take our dogs says that particular texter and on the issue of recycling and a lot of uh, anger into Manway over the lack of recycling there in the area due to uh, what is happening with their particular recycling centre well a person here is saying what are we paying local property tax for for if we don't have a recycling centre in Manway where is the money going for our local property tax as an angry Dunmanway resident while Carmel in Formoy agrees with those in Dunmanway and says yes we here too in the Formoy Mitchellstown area and it's something we've discussed uh, for a long time on this particular programme we too badly need a civic amenity in uh, Formoy or Mitchellstown it's something that is badly needed for this uh, side of Avondue and we're lacking that here too so uh, we also our thoughts are with the people in Dunmanway it's a shame as we are all being encouraged to recycle uh, but don't have the proper facilities at our doorstep uh, says Carmel in Formoy on 1850 text or whatsapp 0862 and Michael Imbandon was on to us yesterday afternoon and this is a concern he has over charities who are still delivering bags for collections. So, you know these bags that you get through your letterbox and asking you to fill up the bag for clothes or whatever then you leave it outside your door and they take it away. Uh, but Michael's query is those bags that are left at your door or uh, through the letterbox, the person that comes and collects them, should they be allowed to come in your gate and drop these into your letterbox? So if you're living maybe in a housing estate with a gate or in a driveway uh, should these people considering what is happening at the moment should they be allowed to come in to your property should they be allowed to put these particular bags through your letterbox with everything going on uh, I know on post are doing this but they are taking measures with Covid and similar companies are doing the same but are these companies taking measures because we don't know who runs these companies half the time and we don't know the people dropping off these bags as they can happen in the early hours of the morning so Michael asking are these companies taking all these precautions like the delivery drivers are uh, like the courier companies are and like on post are uh, Michael's 
concern there over those charity bags being delivered and still uh, being delivered and being collected uh, when pe- other delivery services are being so careful. Michael and Bandon raising that particular issue. Uh, your thoughts are welcome. 1850 333103. Text of WhatsApp 086 2103 103. And this week, C103, we bring you more exclusive online commentary from the Premier League. It's Power by Talk Sport and you can listen live this evening with Chelsea and Norwich in action at 8.15 and tomorrow it's Tottenham and Newcastle at 6 and then Norwich take on Burnley uh, this Saturday at 5.30. If you want to hear those go to c103.ie or indeed download the C103 app to get all the live action with the Premier League here online at C103. C103 Jobs and on today's job spot, we have opportunities for a childminder wanted for three children. Uh, this is in the children's home. It's four days per week in the Hazelwood area of Mallow. Own car is necessary. You can contact 086-382-1530 for further information. And a general operatives are wanted for full and part-time positions in Blarney. You can email jennifer.harper at gls-ireland.com and an assistant early years teacher required for the Wien area email your CV to linda.brown79 at gmail.com and you'll find these details and more job opportunities they're online now just go to c103.ie for Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forward slash job. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. Now we've had calls from parents of children right across the county and indeed it's further afield across the country as well and they're all worried as when schools are to return in late August and as parents slowly start returning to the workplace many feel they may not have crash facilities available. Well Gillian Powell of the Haven Montessori in Bandon joins me on this. Good morning to you Gillian. Good morning to you, Doctor. Now, this isn't the first time we've spoken about this, Gillian, and I know that you know, you've been in this in- industry for a very long time and you feel there's a lack of clarity from the government and others because for many, it's leaving them, along with yourself, with no choice but to it just close up for good uh, because the bills, despite what's happened before COVID with insurance increasing, the bills still have to be paid during the lockdown months. 
Absolutely. Well, we have very many issues facing the sector and they're not new. We all know about those. But today I just got confirmation that five are closing in the Cork County area. And if that's replicated across the country in the 32 counties even or 26, we're talking well over 100 services. And I think the thing I really want parents and families and the government and hopefully government ministers listening to this to realise that this isn't just a childcare facility closing. It's a learning community gone. And we have paid lip service to, over the years, the importance of early years education. But it is fact, it's a research fact, that good early learning communities improve a child's chances for life. Not just today, not just tomorrow, but forever. And those children can contribute to society, our society and our country. And the issue is that, you know, providers are delighted with the wage subsidy, particularly people who have just opened. That's keeping them above board. Now, they're not making a profit in the main. You know, I'm talking about the normal providers here. People can always point to the big chains, but they're still a minority in this sector. Normal providers are surviving because of the wage subsidy. They're delighted with that. But their bills since March have not been paid. And I'm talking about, you know, the electricity, the water bill, the uh, hardware store, all of those people. And we're very much in the Federation of Childcare Providers joined with SMI Recovery Ireland and we advocate for their plan to help those small businesses to pay those bills. Now, you may ask, and I'm sure your listeners are saying, why would you be paying those bills? What's the point of that? But the point is that, uh, you know, because indeed some of those businesses, some of those childcare facilities are going to close anyway. But the point is, if you pay those bills and give what John Moran refers to debt-free uh, or, you know, uh, an interest-free debt relief so that the you would put your receipts into the revenue and they'd give you that uh, amount um, in a zero-free, zero-interest-free loan. If you do that, the, they, those providers pay other people in the community so that they will not go bust as well. That means that it saves off the possibility of a banking crisis. And it's it's the only way at the moment to get money into the economy because some of your listeners may have may have read John Moran's article in the Court Examiner yesterday and he was talking about that, you know, people who have, who have good wages at the moment and particularly public sector, you know, secure wages, they're saving all-time high amounts of money. He mentioned the figure of 118 billion euros. It's an all-time high. So, and they're too afraid to go into society and spend that money. You know, they don't want to go, go out yet. And they're cozy cocooners. You know, they're at home, in lovely homes, happy, making strawberry jam. They're not going to spend that money. But if you give money to providers, for example, they'll put that money into the economy. They'll pay the hardware store. They'll pay the bank. They'll pay the butcher for their bills since March. So that's a very good economic reason to pay those bills. And then we come to the societal reason. You know, we have a first five document that's talking about children first and about 
this wonderful start that children will get in life, a better start. That, you know, crippling these providers with those bills is like taking a leg off a racehorse, you know? And and the new minister mentioned that he'd like to cap private fees. Well, that's not going to work because that's going to take the other leg off that racehorse. In the sense that all of us providers want every child to be avail to avail of services. And of course we agree parents can afford to pay high fees. But the reality is education costs money and quality education costs a lot of money. Everybody knows that. And you know, society benefits if we spend money on that. And parents who have money know that because they're prepared to pay anything for their child's education. You know, they want their children to have high quality early years education. Uh, but the government, the only people that aren't prepared to pay for that now are the government. They're not prepared to put the money that it requires into this early years education system. And Gillian, for those, you mentioned there are five that aren't going to reopen, but for those that are going to reopen, they are going to be hit, not along with the costs that they would have had and they must pay for in March and April, they're going to have additional costs now because there is the whole issue of hand washing and sanitising and even the likes of social distancing, which is going to be tough, obviously, for young people. You're, you're going to need that, though, in some aspect as well in Montessori schools, in, in creches and, and the like. So there is going to be extra costs before they even reopen. Absolutely. Well, the people that have opened now are a good example of that. First of all, I'd like to reassure your parents listening, there's no such thing as social distancing for young children. You wouldn't ask a child to do that. So they're in these little bubbles or pods. But the problem is we try and keep the staff separate. But issues are arising with the people that are opening now. They're finding that they need extra staff. But they're in the lucky position that the wage subsidy is allowing them to pay their full quota of staff for the summer that have been on their books since February. And they, their numbers are down in the summer months anyway. The numbers usually drop. People go on holidays or they take that break off because maybe they're teachers or whatever. So their numbers are down and they're able to manage that numbers. But when numbers go to full capacity in September, they find, you know, you need the same staff person offering relief, you can't just pop in, the manager can't just pop into that room and pop into this room to cover breaks. Or, um, you know, and they're very conscious of the loving continuity that the children need, so they're trying to keep the same adults. But, you know, for example, if you have a staff member who has a COVID query, you need replacement staff, and that provides, that's proving to be a huge extra cost. Now, primary schools have asked for these uh, staff too and because the teacher unions are so strong in the primary education sector of course we know that the answer is probably going to be yes they're going to get the extra resources and we're trying to build up a voice for childcare providers and for early years educators that they too will have those extra resources but I was talking to one provider Ali Sheehan for, um, I, he was on your program I think a couple of times he runs um, an amazing uh, childcare facility, Mary Geary's in Carrick Tool. And he was saying that he's got a shop who's two weeks in now looking at his water bill and at the heating bill for that water. 
because children are spending longer, obviously, washing their hands, 40 seconds and singing all the songs. But that costs money, quite a considerable amount of money per child. In fact, we did a rudimentary examination of the cost in, in the Federation, you know, going around the country, and we were looking at an extra fee of 50 euros per child per week in cost just to provide sanitation and one extra staff per 10, you know, to, to, to ensure that you had a secure bubble, as it were, for those children over the year. And, um, you know, that that's a huge percentage of the uh, ECI funding, you know, of 69 euros, we say you're on the basic funding. It's, 20, it's 50 quid of that for a full day care and possibly 25 to 30 for an ECI child. If that's going to be used up in extra support, that makes the business very unsustainable. So we're really asking the DCYA and the government and the new minister to support this sector for the good of society. It isn't the first time I've said this, for the safety of the children, the safety of the staff, and because research across the world in every single scenario has indicated that if you do this, the benefits to society are something like 14 euros per, per, you know, 14 euros benefit for every one euro you spend in the long term, of course. So it is going to cost a lot of money, but, you know, it's no surprise to any of your listeners that every education system costs a lot of money. But all of our good education systems have paid off. And are you hopeful? I know yourself, you are uh, leaving uh, the, the business, uh, Gillian. But w- when you hear the government, you mentioned there about the capital grant uh, and what's available. And uh, the Minister for Children, Roger Gorman, uh, has said he is saying that 60% of childcare providers have applied for this. But looking outside of that into the future, I mean, are you hopeful that he will deliver? Because there's a lot of issues apart from this uh, that, that have hit the sector, as you've said, for many years uh, to do with wages, to do with insurance. And they also need to be addressed outside the current situation. So do you think that there is a future uh, for the entire industry? I mean, a lot of child care providers are worried uh, that while you mentioned independent operators, that you could see chains from other countries coming into Ireland and buying up small operations and it could become a situation of big chains running all these businesses uh, in another four to five years. That's our grave fear. And in New Zealand, when that happened, uh, you know, the quality issues uh, increased they had major non-compliances increase. So I think Irish society will not benefit from that. So if this is the model that the DCYA are promoting, or if this is an accidental occurrence as a result of their design schemes, they should stop and redesign this. I'm hope I'm you know I'm very grateful to the fact that you know the whole um, extension of maternity leave that one of the first acts of this government was to extend it. I know it's only by three weeks, but at least that shows that they do realise the importance of the early childhood experience for children. And I think that, you know, with wisdom and with care, that they will eventually do the right thing. I do fear that they'll make mistakes along the way. And I mean, I, one of the suggestions I would make, the sector is so diverse that in fact they need to put a team of people in place to right now listen to providers. And if they use the wonderful resources they have in TUSLA, in the Cork County Child Care Committees, in the Department of Education Inspection Teams, in the Better Start Teams, if they group those together and 
said, I want you to go and talk to every childcare provider in Ireland and see what they need. And then possibly, you know, a self-declaration, you know, trust those people to do the right thing. And with, you know, by honouring their work and honouring their place in the social fabric of Ireland, I think they'll achieve a great result. I was very heartened to hear in the primary education sector, the Department of Education, they actually knew the percentage of schools that only needed, you know, that needed support with extra rooms and outdoors. They have a great knowledge of what's going on on the ground. So I would urge the UCYA to do the same. And, you know, I wish the government well. They've got a big, difficult task ahead of them in early childhood and in the care and education of young children and in the support of families. So I'm hopeful um, if they listen to providers on the ground. If they do not and they want an industrial childcare model, they're on a hiding to nothing. And I can tell you one thing, they cannot build that, you know, uh, they cannot build that on the back of slave labour, of the slave labour of women. That's just not, you know, that's just not going to happen. These women have found a voice now and I think they're not going to be silent. Yeah, and not let uh, this continue like it has done for many years. For the moment, Ginny, we'll see and, uh, what will happen with this new government in dealing with early childcare services. And best of luck to yourself as well. That is Gillian Powell there of the Haven Montessori in Bandon. And uh, what will happen? I mean, as, as parents are worried for their children, what is the future with that sector? Uh, your views are welcome. 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And as we hear there uh, on parents who uh, are relying uh, on early childhood and also uh, many rely on creches for when they return back to work as well uh, what is the decision for them uh, do they will their creche be opened will the uh, Montessori school be opened as parents now plan for going back to work but on going back to work an interesting survey by Amorok on how many now would like to return to the actual office for maybe just two days a week or maybe three days a week. Anyhow, we'll discuss that, those particular findings next. But what would you like to do? I mean, are you at the moment working from home? Are you back in the office or where are you working? Would you like to have this proper work-life balance? And also, if there was a proper work-life balance, would it benefit rural areas of Cork as the majority usually have to travel into the city for their work? Anyhow, your views are welcome on that. 1850-333-103. We'll discuss that next. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 103 Over 80% of Irish employees want to continue to spend at least part of their week working from home when normal life resumes after COVID. The research was carried out by Amorok and Jared O'Neill, chairperson of Amorok Research, joins me. Good morning to you, Jared. Good morning, John Paul. And thanks for joining us this morning. I suppose like so many across the world, workers here were forced to work from home during the lockdown. But some now have got used to this and they see the advantages of a less of a commute and a work-life balance. It would seem anyhow from your research. Yes, we uh, set out to really look at the issue of sustainability through the perspective of life after COVID. Um, Obviously, sustainability was a big issue um, last year and before the coronavirus. But what we did for AIB was 
basically talked to a thousand people around the country about whether sustainability still matters to them. And sure enough, the whole issue of working from home and the experience that all of us have had during the lockdown seems to have shifted people's views on sustainability, but in a way that actually makes it more relevant nowadays than it was even before that. And when you mentioned their sustainability, one of the benefits I would presume so is the environment where people are looking at not being in traffic. They can live in areas and more rural areas and get the benefits of that to them. That's right. In fact, when we asked people in the survey who are working from home, which is about a quarter of those in our survey, did they want to go back to their regular commute and their regular way of working? They didn't. Um, Only a minority want to actually go back to the way things were before. In fact, um, most people want uh, some flexibility, two or three days a week working from home, and then the rest of the time back in the office. People do want the social aspect of the office, but they certainly don't want the commute and all of that, which certainly means, as you said yourself, people may well consider the opportunity of maybe working somewhere else, not necessarily trying to get as close to living as close to where they work, which can be quite expensive, but actually taking advantage of maybe some of the flexibility that comes with the new way of working that seems to be with us now. Yeah, I think you made a good point there on people who have to pay big prices for houses only because it's a shorter commute to their workplace whereby they could be living in maybe what they would consider more scenic areas or outer in areas out from urban areas and have a better quality of life because they don't have to be in the office every single day. And on about better quality of life, family life, that came up as well from your research. It did. In fact, what we found was when we asked people about what were the things they liked about life um, after um, the, the coronavirus, for a lot of people it was spending more time with their kids, it was about doing more things with at home, a lot of DIY, gardening of course, cooking, baking, all of those things. The majority of people say they're doing more of that. But also people maybe doing a little bit more exercise, they're getting out on bicycles, they're going for walks. Um, and a quarter of people said even um, growing their own fruit herbs, vegetables, and the same number said uh, helping their local communities. Um, one of the things that seems to have come through very strongly in the research is that people have a stronger sense of the communities in which they live, um, the local area and the neighbours they have, and that seems to have influenced the way in which people now think about their priorities and how they want to spend their time, even their money, shopping local, shopping Irish, and all of those things are a result uh, of what we've all been through these past few months. But it seems to me most people want to keep those things. They don't want to go back to the way things were before. Yeah, and you mentioned there about taking up activities and getting fit. DIY, of course, was something that became very big uh, during lockdown and people have uh, got into that in a big way since then. Did that feature as well? And and what's the future for DIY with households? Well, certainly one of the things that did strike us in the research. I mean, more than half of people said in our research that they were doing a lot more DIY. and But also things like cutting back on food waste. Um, people are trying to, I don't mean necessarily live more frugally, but maybe just live more reasonably either in terms of living within their means or living within the resources that they have um, more easily available to them. And maybe for some people, uh, we know also in the same study that might mean DIY in the form of more energy efficiency, you know, insulation, those kinds of things, or a better eating system or something like that. And certainly people seem to want to maybe just 
live a little bit more wisely in terms of how they spend their money and how they spend their time. And as a result of all of that, they do certainly think it means that they are living more sustainably, more than half of people in our survey think they're actually living more sustainably than they were before uh, COVID-19. And it seems to suggest that we're going to see a lot more of those kind of lifestyle changes that um, are not going to just go away when things go back to normal. Um, it's like people have tasted something different and they want to stay, keep it. Yeah, it does look like that. And uh, when things do ever get back to normal, it looks like we'll be going for that type of lifestyle uh, than the, the crazy lifestyle we had, even though some would say that has creeped or crept back in, which it probably has in a way. But I think for a lot of people, they do want to keep some of what they experience. Anyhow, according to your research, um, good research and, and good to let us know what the future may hold. Jared, for the moment, thanks for joining us this morning on the programme. Uh, that, thanks very much. That is our insight. And of course, the government have said, by the way, as well, that they are uh, looking and do intend to bring in measures on remote working, which indeed is good uh, for those who maybe want to live in various areas outside of urban areas. Um, and it's insightful research there. That was Jared O'Neill, who's chairperson of Amoric Research. 1850-333-103. Our lines open. I mean, do you agree uh, with their research there on that? And is that something you would like to see, especially if you're somebody who was commuting a lot? I mean, we have heard and we did hear only when I was discussing last Friday on the show regarding Ballymacourt Cross and how they're looking at that particular junction, which they have been doing for a long while. But it looks like a roundabout is going to be proposed there for that particular cross. But one of the reasons and one of the issues that came up was the amount of traffic uh, that commutes from the city to Kenturk every day. And people crossing over from Nad and Lyre and those areas and a lot who have purchased houses in those areas because uh, they were a more financial viable option than they would have been than buying a house in, let's say, city areas. Uh, and maybe they also felt for raising a family they would have liked to be further out uh, than in the city anyhow uh, if you were in that particular uh, situation do you welcome that and welcome those findings and would like for your employer to consider you working more from home or indeed just working maybe two weeks at home and three weeks in the office let us know 1850 text or whatsapp 0862 and on the way after C103 news at midday a lot of calls and comments and I mentioned this earlier it's coming from the London Times and it's about the UK at this stage whereby face masks will become compulsory in shops in England from Friday with a €100 Euros pound sterling fine for those who do not cover up. It's something similar that has been happening in Scotland already and they are introducing that now in England and I know yesterday Siobhan, one of our listeners, was asking would something similar work here and would people prefer it and on text it would seem that people wore because there was confusion. Uh, many felt they didn't feel comfortable wearing one in shops when no one else was and they felt that when they go in, uh, there's only about four or five people wearing it and they, they felt a bit uneasy and many told us they went into the toilet of a, super, a supermarket or a shopping centre and actually took off the face mask because they felt embarrassed. So uh, many feel making their mind up uh, make it compulsory or uh, one way or the other because people are just confused with the whole supermarket mask thing. I know it's a recommendation but people at this stage following what has happened with the public transport uh, many feel maybe make it compulsory then we all know what we should be doing uh, and because that has happened now in the UK we're getting more calls and tests on face masks in supermarkets and what should we do 
Well, on the C103 Instagram, on our stories, you can have your say. We're asking you simply, should we make it compulsory now to wear a mask in a supermarket? You can vote on that on our poll on the C103 Instagram stories right now. And we'll give you an update on that after midday. Along with, we're going to hear how uh, more people now, it seems, do rely on alcohol to de-stress. Our regular councillor on the show, Ger Heffernan, joins us. Along with your calls and comments after C103 News at midday next. Good afternoon to you, John Paul McNamara, in for Patricia Messenger, right through until one. And Bernie and Sadie continue to take your calls on 1850-333-103. You can text or WhatsApp at 86 2103 103 or indeed tweet us at C103Cork. And on the way, we are going to hear, and this was research carried out recently, on how some people, as we all look to a better work-life balance, but maybe over the last few months, people remained at home. And it was openly admitted by everybody, well, not everybody, but the majority people said that they were drinking more at home uh, during the last number of months but that seemingly for some has continued on and some have said they use alcohol uh, to distress so do you use alcohol to distress if you've had a busy day uh, like so many are, have now are people turning to alcohol uh, to feel less stressed that's something we'll be discussing uh, with a regular counsellor on the show Joe Heffernan after 12.30 but just some of your calls and comments coming in on various issues first of all on the issues of masks and wearing masks and face masks and this is all coming uh, from first of all here yesterday compulsory now to wear a face mask on public transport but in the UK from this coming Friday it'll be compulsory to wear one in a shop and if you don't you'll be fined and many are saying something similar should be uh, happening here as well but on that uh, texter here is saying it's a disgrace that all the tourists are able to travel from abroad without strict restrictions on them after all the time people in Ireland have made such huge sacrifices we have sons and daughters with them uh, well, we have sons and daughters and they have special needs and they're confined to their own home since March 13th and at present we don't know what the future holds so we need greater control here and with the in relation to the what we spoke about earlier the Blue Haven in Kinsale I suppose and the way that they now have a sign up uh, when we spoke to Kieran Fitzgerald they're warning people that they haven't quarantined for 14 days they won't let them enter their premises we also heard uh, from many other establishments who were concerned with people not wearing face masks inside their store and with all of that then we have this example from this person who is worried with all the tourists able to travel into this country without the strict restrictions that many of us have faced and uh, such a big aspect of this is those uh, who work in the disability sector a lot of those sectors have not reopened as yet and it's putting huge pressure on parents and indeed on families because of that and they feel we need greater control in that particular area thank you for your text on that particular issue of tourists and the issue of face masks uh, Mick and Bantier says why should people have to wear masks in supermarkets? It is now proven the risks in supermarkets is very low. If people want to wear a mask, wear them. And if people don't want to wear a mask, they don't have to. Half the people I see wearing masks wear the masks incorrectly anyhow, says Mick in Bantier. Sheila is asking about hairdressers. She feels that just some are acting as the way they were before. No social distancing, says Sheila. They're always very busy. And what happens if someone will pick up the virus there and spread it asks Sheila uh, while on the issue of masks and the pubs looking or will, well they think anyhow they are going to reopen on July the 20th nothing totally confirmed about that as yet it is part of the phase but uh, we heard uh, from the very start that it would all depend 
on reopening on what our cases are like even though the cases still remain low here in this country there is people who are fearful of next week uh, when we keep hearing about the amounts uh, of tourists coming in we hear conflicting reports the government are saying there's low numbers in some areas of Cork we're hearing there's low numbers but then elsewhere in the country we're hearing there's high numbers of visitors so it's hard to know what exactly the amount of uh, numbers of people coming into this country is at the moment we can go on the official stats we get uh, but there is conflicting reports from calls we're getting and then when you speak to other people in other areas they're saying there's a low amount of people coming into the country anyhow on the issue of pubs and uh, saying that when the pubs reopen and we're all talking about face masks and all of that uh, will people be made wear masks in those particular pubs because Anne says I'm damn sure they won't be wearing them well I'm not too sure how if people are going to a bar and these are the, the so-called wet bars. These are the bars that don't serve food when they are due to reopen on July 20th. When people go to the particular bars, uh, they'll be going there to drink. So if they're going to drink, they won't be able to drink if they're wearing a face mask. So uh, that wouldn't really work. So I presume they, there'll be no ruling on being forced to wear a mask in a bar or in a restaurant because then you can't eat. So that's why their new rules have come in there and the rules on social distancing. Thank you for your texts on that issue. Also, we spoke about recycling earlier and while Domanway now will have to wait longer uh, for their official recycling centre to reopen and uh, they'll have to wait and see regarding contracts and all of that. But on recycling, Mary has texted and says, don't get me started on recycling. I went for a lovely walk in a forest area near Nad yesterday and the amount of dumping everywhere was disgusting. Household rubbish and big blue bags of cans in several areas. What sort of people can do this as there is a great recycling centre in Kanturk and cans and bottles can be put in those particular banks for free. So why do they continue to dump in that particular area? Asked Mary. Yeah, Mary, it is something we keep hearing about. Uh, and in that general area you mentioned, Nad and Lawyer, and there is a huge forest area in that particular location. Some would say easy for people who want to dump rubbish to go there and dump because of, of where it's located. Now I know there's been a number of people working in that area. I'm not too sure if there's CCTV there as yet but I know people have been actually monitoring that area uh, over the last year or two uh, because they're well aware of what's been dumped there. I know that they have in the past found receipts or found some evidence leading back to the person that has dumped there so people have been reprimanded for that but you're right it's very frustrating when you're going for a walk in a very scenic area uh, and, and a beautiful forest area like Nad and then you come across dumping it's very frustrating when there is facilities nearby as you mentioned in Kanturk Mary thank you for your WhatsApp to 0862103103 and on the issue into Manway a texter here is saying we have two councillors in Dunmanway so surely they can stop this recycling centre from closing from for good or indeed going one step further another texter says and getting a civic immunity site in the area that's a large hinterland in Dunmanway and we could do with something like this here in Dunmanway uh, so many other nearby towns have this for example McCroom have a great civic immunity site and we'd welcome that type of facility in Dunmanway uh, that's Anne on text to 0862103103. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. Uh, Into Manway, I mean, Carmel made the point earlier that they're also looking for that type of facility in Fermoy and in the Mitchellstown area. And they have been working on that for a long time and still waiting for official confirmation. So it, it does seem to be something that will take a while if it is to happen. But thank you for your text, Anne, to 0862103103. 
And on something else that Barry had on news there at 11 and Alan wants to raise this and is asking what do people make of this because the if you didn't hear it on the news uh, this is where the Republic of Ireland player James McLean he is asked why his international colleagues in the game of soccer have not shown him public support over the discrimination that he received. Now you may be asking what's all this about. Uh, This is going back to when first of all it's to do with the the Black Lives Matter campaign and James McLean is saying the discrimination that he received he's not getting the same support as others when it comes to that particular movement because he took to Facebook to query why he hasn't got the same backing in the post McLean strongly condemned racial abuse directed towards his Irish teammate David McGoldrick and indeed other players across channel as well but he did ask the question why he hasn't had people in his corner over the sectarian abuse he has received over the years, some of which has come from his stance on not wearing the poppy around Remembrance Day commemorations. He's asking why he's not getting the same uh, level uh, of respect maybe or uh, support from his international soccer colleagues uh, like they are supporting those when you look at the Black Lives Matter campaign. Alan is saying while they're very different in what's happening and Alan says the Black Lives Matter campaign is important and we should not be seeing uh, the racial abuse that we saw towards David McGoldrick which Adam says was quite disgusting but he is asking the question should we now when people are fast enough to uh, react to this kind of a campaign should we be looking at why uh, players aren't coming out and supporting James McLean uh, with his decision not to wear a poppy or is it just still too raw uh, for us here in Ireland and is it better to say nothing at all asks Alan he's asking of what people make of that and make of James McLean's stance on that it's a story uh, making sports news this morning your views are welcome 1850 333 862103 103 or email jp at c103.ie The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council Supporting businesses Supporting communities Serving Cork Visit corkcoco.ie and Churchtown Community Council they are fundraising to refurbish their community hall and are asking people to donate a slate for a cost of 20 euro for everyone who contributes 100 euros and over there is a draw for an Apple iPad worth 400 euro you can donate this online just go to ifundraise.ie forward slash CTS community hall and the Jack and Jill Children's Foundation they are appealing for donations to enable them to continue their support for families they ask you to donate four euros by texting the words we care to 50300 or give what you can through jackandjill.ie Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103. And just to bring this to your attention, as we're always on about scams and appealing to people to be careful of scams, we had one earlier on regarding false calls from revenue, which appear to be coming from a Waterford number 051, but they're not. They're scam calls, so be careful of that if people are claiming to be from revenue. Uh, but this one, uh, which I'm sure we'll be discussing later in the week on our Garda file, uh, but it's called a money mule and basically Gardaí are appealing to the public and in particular for this one is to younger people not to let anyone else use their bank account. Now this warning comes following arrest of a man uh, of, a, of a person anyhow made uh, over the last week or so. It was in the West Cork area. The man aged in his early 20s is believed to have allowed a large quantity of cash be lodged and transferred using his account. Now this person was detained under Section 4 of the Criminal Justice 
Wales Act later released. Uh, but basically what this means, uh, Money Mule, is that the uh, criminal involved will recruit a young person uh, to help them launder stolen or illegal money and they'll use that particular young person's bank accounts. Now, the chance to earn a quick buck is a tactic that the fraudsters used to recruit uh, the, the particular person's bank accounts and they promised them a share of the proceeds in exchange for their bank account details. So basically, the person then will transfer money illegally on behalf of the other people and then they're allowed, uh, they're allowing their account to be used for the transfer of basically ill-gotten gains. Now, they may be aware or they may be not be aware that this is a crime or they may be unaware of what the hell is going on because they are looking at if you're a young person you want to make a quick buck you're going well I'm getting money out of this and you could be told you're just transferring money from one count to another for a various reason and they might not get into it uh, but often they do target young people on this uh, and it is a crime and they're asking people to be careful of this they're called money mules I'm sure we'll uh, hear more about that later on in the week from the Guardian or Gardafile but just to be aware of that as we're always mentioning scams uh, maybe no harm to be careful and if there is people asking you to get involved in something it could look like a business venture but that business venture could be crime and it could be using that particular tactic to earn a quick bit of money uh, just give me your bank account details money will be put into your bank account and then it will be moved around from your account you'll get a percentage of that money but it is indeed a crime so just be very careful of that if that's the newest, newest scam I suppose the newest crime that is out there and just a warning to people to be careful and the Guardian I'm sure will have more on that over the next while now I'm just going back to more calls and comments coming in. First of all, uh, so much talk about the what's happening with, with the particular virus and people coming into this country and people uh, in and out and leaving. Meg says, until half the people in this country have the virus or have died from the particular virus, people will just not cop on, says Meg on text 86 And a person here asking, do you know of any chance of a hope regarding a vaccine or even treatments? Because scientists are not saying much on how any of the work is progressing and people are getting anxious now with the winter before or shortly. Any idea? Well, we are aware that there is a number, every day they're working on vaccines for this. I mean, the big thing here is if they get a vaccine, it must be trialed, it must be patented, it must, it must go through a number of, of stages before it actually comes out but I know every day you'll see a headline that they are working on this uh, the official uh, I suppose news at the moment is that if anything is to be ruled out it would be in the first half of next year but there is absolutely no certainty that that would even happen and that what they're working on is even successful at the moment all that we have today and I'm not too sure if you can take anything from this, uh, but it seems that antibodies taken from the blood of llamas could be used to help develop a new treatment for patients who are severely ill with COVID. Uh, lab tests have shown that the antibodies can fight the coronavirus. Uh, scientists are hopefully able to push this through, but it seems to be at the moment in preclinical trials and it seems to be when someone is in maybe in, in the hospital stage of with COVID. But at the moment, uh, that's the, the latest on a treatment for patients who are very ill with COVID but regard to vaccine 
really God knows I mean they are working on one every day but it's hard to know when or where a vaccine will become available but when we hear anything we'll obviously keep you updated here on the programme now a lot of us and we're asking everybody to support your local shop and your local town over the next number of months and years because a lot has happened over the last few months and because of that uh, you'll hear adverts here on the radio station for Shop Local and if you are shopping local uh, maybe no harm to use the hashtag online as well Shop Local and promote your local businesses in your local area Uh, because as you'll always hear uh, from people especially in sporting organisations when they want to go along and they want to get f- sponsorship for something in a, a soccer team or a GAA team they'll always go to their local businesses the small businesses in their towns but if they're not there then where do they go so uh, on that we earlier got uh, this dropped into us it's basically a bottle of lemonade but it's with a difference it's the Irish Pure Raw Apple Cider Vinegar Lemonade and it's made with honey and lemons and it's made from the Ballyhorras with the Ballyhorra Apple Farm and they gave us a lot of information about that because you may have I think we spoke to the uh, Ballyhorra Apple Farm on one of our outside broadcasts from Mallow uh, for the Racing Home for Easter Festival a number of years ago and of course they started out in Churchtown and they had a vineyard uh, there within Churchtown it started out as a hobby initially and it has grown into a business now and over the years they have produced uh, different types of uh, this particular flavours from uh, the apple farm and I think over the years they've had um, red mulled apple juice that was one of them I think we we tasted over the years at those outside broadcasts anyhow they did drop in a bottle or a few bottles of uh, the apple cider vinegar it's the lemonade one that I mentioned and it's beautiful and we all tasted it here and we all said the same uh, a bit of a strong vinegar smell at the start uh, initially when you when you smell it but when you taste it it is beautiful uh, and it's really worth uh, going and getting in your shops especially nice I think on a, a warm if we do get a warm summer's day but it is quite humid still around the place but if it is a warm summer's day worth checking out you can get that now uh, it's available in your local super value stores and independent stores uh, so if if you are supporting local and supporting local businesses, that is worth a try. It's from Ballyhorra, the Ballyhorra Apple Farm, and it's their homemade lemonade. And I know they do other brands as well. So as we do look at supporting local, we'll be uh, if we, we get anything like that into us, we'll certainly give it a mention for you. If you are like those food producers producing local products, be that uh, by way of lemonade, like they are in Ballyhorra, or, or otherwise, let us know and we will uh, let people know there as well about your local projects. It's important to support local. And of course, you can do that if you go online as well using the hashtag see, hashtag support local, first of all, hashtag shop local and also go on c103.ie and you get further details on how we are supporting local businesses here in Cork. 1850-333-103, our lines are open and indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 on the issue of the uh, issue we had earlier regarding James McLean and he has come out today and this, this afternoon or this morning even he's come out but this afternoon people are reacting to the story uh, he posted this on his Facebook page and he's asking uh, why his international colleagues did not show him support over the discrimination he had received in relation to not wearing a poppy around Remembrance Day but people have come out and supported the Black Lives Matter campaign uh, 
now Adam was on earlier and he, like everybody else is condemning the racial abuse that was directed towards David McGoldrick as indeed is James McLean uh, condemning that particular racial abuse but on the issue of what he has come out himself with and felt that international colleagues speaking about this particular matter and this campaign but not what happened to him uh, Joseph says yes I can understand where James McLean is coming from but they're very two separate issues uh, the issue regarding Northern Ireland and the issues that are happening there regarding Catholic and presidents over the years is still quite raw in some aspects and the issue of the poppy is still a big issue for many. I can see why a lot of those in sport did not come out because first of all sport was always supposed to be not him getting involved in these particular matters Uh, so maybe that is why his fellow players never came out on this while Elizabeth uh, saying that I can see why maybe his international colleagues did not. Uh, So many of them do wear the poppy in games in the UK and to go against that uh, would not go on what they're actually doing, says Elizabeth, uh, while Juris saying uh, how many Irish fought in those world wars because at the time Ireland was under UK rule. Uh, So maybe some of their great-grandparents or family members might have been involved in those world wars and did not want to speak out about that. Uh, so mixed views there regarding uh, James McLean uh, on what he has said about a lack of support from his international colleagues on his stance of not wearing the poppy uh, compared to the Black Lives Matter campaign. And of course, all those callers have said uh, that they are different aspects and everybody does support what's happening within the Black Lives Matter campaign. Uh, as James is bringing up a different type issue, many are feeling that it is a different issue and they can't be compared. Anyhow, your views are welcome on that. 1850 Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. On the issue of the pubs, the texts are here saying, I don't think pubs should open. It's too early for those wet pubs to open. What happens when people get drunk? What happens then? Will we all be back in lockdown? And we don't want that, uh, says a texter. While on that issue, and, and people coming to this country from America. Uh, Joseph saying that we are worried here because if we get a lot of people coming from other countries, if the pubs reopen and if we do get a higher percentage than other areas, are we going to see local lockdowns that have been called for? But why everybody thinks a local lockdown is only going to happen in Dublin, we could be landed with one here in Cork. So be careful what you wish for, uh, says Joseph on text 0862103103. On the way though, speaking of pubs and speaking of alcohol, we have seen over the last few months people turning to alcohol more but what has come out is that people seem to be turning to alcohol to de-stress and a regular counsellor on the show Joe Heffernan will discuss that next Court today on C103 Call Patricia with your comment 1850-333-103 And just finally on the issue of James McLean Anthony on text saying McLean has been abused about not wearing a poppy for years yet Matic has never worn a poppy because of the UN bombing on his homestead and gets nothing said to him uh, yeah and of course he isn't he um, from Serbia uh, playing with Man U uh, and yeah you're right and maybe it's because of where James McLean is from and he's very open about it and that could be the reason why but thank you Anthony for your text to 0862103103 now our regular counsellor on the show Joe Heffernan joins us as he usually does on a Tuesday afternoon good afternoon to you Joe 
Good afternoon, Jean-Paul. And How you're are well? you? I'm fine, yourself? Not too bad. That's yeah. good. Now, something we've been discussing, Joe, and I suppose it's come up with different surveys over the last while. We were discussing a survey today on people, how they would like to work maybe two days a week from home now, rather than going into the office every day uh, for when offices return in full. Some of them have, some of them are still about to. But it has opened up the debate about how people dealt with the last few months. And something that has come out is that seemingly some people, and not all, but some, have drank more over the last number of months. And we've seen a survey of two thirds of men drinking to cope with the lockdown. Uh, That was in a survey over the last few months. But also, it seems people are using drink to de-stress as well, Joe. And you'd be fearful maybe in the future because people have got used now to drinking at home that they might drink more uh, to de-stress because of the convenience of it that they have learned over the last few months. Absolutely. Um, I suppose what becomes a habit can become a problem. Um, uh, two-thirds of men, apparently, according to this drink-aware um, uh, survey. Now, this was way back, um, uh, you know, this was back in June. Mm. Um, uh, two-thirds of men were drinking uh, more to cope with the lockdown. Now, what they were coping with was um, feelings of loneliness, anxiety, and boredom. Um, and uh, uh, another survey that was done um, again very early on, um, it was from April the 6th to May the 3rd, 2020, um, uh, it showed that um, 22% of Irish people have increased their alcohol consumption during lockdown. <coughs> Excuse me. The rise was sharpest in young adults with more than 30% in the 18 to 44 age group reporting a rise in alcohol use. And one of the more alarming um, forecasts was uh, that communities and public health experts were warning that the Irish economy, health and social services will face a tsunami of alcohol-related problems in the wake of the coronavirus. And they're very big, strong words like a tsunami of alcohol-related problems. So if uh, that were to be true, well then, it's good that we would talk about it and, you know, that we would get it into our awareness. Yeah, and why do you think, Joe, from your own experience, uh, are people, I know they would have maybe turned to alcohol more because you weren't able to go out and then maybe it was in the house and because people were buying more alcohol, there was more of it in their homes. Maybe that could be one example. I'm not too sure. But why do you think that is that all of a sudden uh, people are turning more to alcohol? Apart from the issue of, you know, being locked up and the whole issue of anxiety and and all of that. Well, I I suppose in a way... um, uh, it's a way of medicating uncomfortable feelings. Um, for example, if a person develops an alcohol problem and they go to either a, a therapist one-to-one or, or into a treatment centre, um, you know, there's very little time really spent talking about how many drinks did you drink during a day? How many days in the week did you drink? That's kind of preliminary. That um, 
that kind of assessment um, is done uh, initially. But what comes up then are uh, the why part of the uh, alcohol problem. In other words, like, we'll say that the actual alcohol consumption is the tip of the iceberg. It's the symptom of many, many underlying issues. And that's what needs to be sussed out. Now, there's also, um, you know, um, uh, a school of thought that would say that there is a genetic factor. Um, in my own um, work down through the years, um, I, I would have often said to a person and you know, were there many, uh, were there other people in the family with an alcohol problem? And often you'd hear about, oh yes, my uncles, um, uh, it mightn't be immediate, it, might, it mightn't be like my dad, my mam, it might be my, um, I had I had two uncles and an aunt and they were always recognized as having a problem with alcohol. So, um, uh, what I'm getting at there is that, I mean, there can be a genetic factor, but usually um, the factors are more experiential in the person's life. Um, we often hear there, um, we regularly hear uh, in court cases where there has been abuse in a person's past, um uh, we often hear that the victim, now hopefully survivor, um, uh, has had a problem in his or her life with alcohol and or drugs. Um, and that would be to uh, an inappropriate way of dealing with the hurt that has been sustained in the, um, in, in the abuse that took place. Um, it can be uh very clear clear abuse or it can be you know um uh, over critical parents even or over critical teachers or uh teachers who were sarcastic or uh you know uh, the kind of things that will leave a mark yeah so, that they're using the drink then to kind of suppress those feelings or forget about what was said that day or and how they were dealt with physically or mentally. Yeah, or to cope socially. Um, there might be, uh, there would be um, maybe low self-esteem um, giving rise to a sort of social anxiety. You know, what we'll call shyness. Um I, I remember well back in the days of, um, you know, Brendan Boyer, R.I.P., um, uh, Brendan O'Brien, uh, R.I.P., um, back in the show band days, yeah. that um, going to the likes of Red Barn and the Majestic and all of that, that um, as young guys, I mean, there would be a, a, a certain amount of shyness. And uh, many of us had the few points um to kind of have the Dutch courage to, um, you know, to approach um, uh, a girl at the dance, um, uh, to, to, to ask her out to dance and that. And um, with many of us then, including myself, um, that escalated into becoming uh, a problem. 
Um, but the root of it would have been uh, those kind of issues uh, back then. Um, so the the COVID-19 um, anxieties then, uh, I mean, one can kind of readily um, make the connection between the fear, the anxiety, uh, I suppose as well, the the, the loneliness um, uh, and, and boredom. I, I think some of the figures are a bit misleading. Like, it does say in, in one of those surveys that um, April to May 2020 saw take-home alcohol sales reach 184.5 million. The highest spend in three years of data about that. Um, there's a total of 342.5 million was spent on alcohol during the lockdown. But if you think about it, um, that could be a bit misleading in the sense that the take-home alcohol sales were bound to be bigger. Yeah, with all the pubs closed. Because the pubs were closed. Yeah, that's a good point. You know. That's a very good point indeed. And and also on that particular survey, and, and we, we, we how people are dealing uh, and coping with situations, and we, you mentioned there about stress as well. For, for many, and I just see a text here from a, a person who doesn't want the name read out, but said, I have found since the lockdown and going back to work, uh, I found it very hard because at least when I was at home, I felt I could juggle time more uh, but now that I have to leave the house commute and back again I'm back to the rush and the daily rush of trying to get back and trying to find time to spend with the children and all of that but by the end of the evening uh, this text is basically saying to wind down she has a glass of wine but is that something that she and others need to look at now and uh, how much I suppose drink they're having each week or, or every night when they're back in that situation of the rat race I suppose you could call it Joe yeah yeah and people are talking now about, I, I think the term being used is sort of re-entry anxiety. Um, there was a certain safety in the lockdown, um, in the sense, we'll say now the older people who were uh, asked to do this cocooning thing. Well, I mean, basically, provided you stayed inside, even though this was, you know, not one bit pleasant to be stuck with that for weeks upon weeks upon weeks but you knew you were safe um uh you know the virus wasn't going to jump in the window and and get you kind of thing but there is a certain anxiety now with the with the re-entry into um uh, society um you know should i well the the the, the answer is yes wear a mask um Am I okay in the supermarket? Um, oh, my God, I was in the queue the other day and somebody came right up beside me. I could feel them within, um, you know, kind of like two inches of me instead of two meters. And these are scares, and um, and they're scares that one didn't have to endure um, during the, 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 the lockdown. Um, so that there's a certain... The, there's a certain re-entry thing. Um, uh, soldiers coming back from areas of um, danger, um, 
the the most typical of all, of course, was the PTSD, mm. um, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder in um, veterans returning from Vietnam. But, um, you know, we've had our own people as well in the Lebanon and places like that where life was no picnic whatsoever. And um, there can be post-traumatic stress. And I think we're going to endure some of that. Um, Now, post-traumatic stress is one thing, but if it becomes post-traumatic stress disorder, then it becomes embedded. And um, uh, I think there'll be a lot of therapy needed and done in that area when this is over, especially, I think, for frontline workers, because, you know, they're, they're at the front line of the battle every day. Their lives are in danger or their health is in danger, I should say, um, every time they go to work. So um, in all of that kind of scenario then, it kind of um, would be um, logical to think that uh, that medicating all that kind of anxiety um, would... Uh, W- w- would happen and like, that the medication of that then uh, possibly for some not all but possibly for some could be turning to drink and drinking more than they would have uh, on a daily basis yeah. and I think as well Joe there as you mentioned uh, that the frontline workers I think mental health is going to be a big issue as well going forward uh, for people outside uh, of everything else going on and that could lead also to people uh, increasing their alcohol take for various reasons for the moment Joe we'll leave it there thanks for joining us and we'll chat to you again next week uh, on this uh, thank you Joe Thank you, JP. Thanks, Joe. That's Joe Heffernan there, who's an accredited counsellor based in Boerbui. And if you want more information, you can call him on 029-76617. That's it from us for today. My thanks to Bernie Murphy and City Madden taking your comments this morning. Enjoy your Tuesday afternoon. We're back tomorrow from 10 a.m. I'm John Paul McNamara. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.